Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is Palm Sunday, but why palms? Well, the palm tree shows up in the Bible a lot. First we see that the palm tree is a place of rest and refreshment. In the wilderness, during their wanderings, the children of Israel were refreshed as they reclined under 70 palm trees. The judge and prophetess Deborah was a mother to the nation of Israel, and she too sat under a palm tree. The palm tree was beautiful. The temple was carved not only with cherubim, but also with palm trees and with open flowers. Women are described as being like the palm tree by King Solomon in the Song of Songs. Palm trees were physically beautiful, and so they also represented spiritual beauty too. The Psalms, especially Psalm 92.12 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The palm tree was not only beautiful, but it was also useful. There is hardly any part of the date palm that is not used. The leaves were used for roofing, and even in the old days, they were used to make the sides of houses. They also were made into fences for protection from the wind and from animals. From the crowns, ropes were made. The date kernels provided food for animals, particularly camels, and the seeds are often made into beads. A strong liquor is produced from the spathe that surrounds the flowers of the palm tree. This undoubtedly was known to the ancient Babylonians and to Abram. It is presumed by many that when strong drink is referred to in the Bible, as opposed to wine, it means this particular palm tree intoxicant. The palm tree is long-lived. The tree takes some 30 years before being fully matured. The planting of trees, therefore, is a long-term project. However, the wait is worth the payout. Date palm trees usually last about 200 years, and so the great-great-grandchildren feast on the same date tree that their ancestors planted. Why palms? Well, the palm tree is a wonderful picture of our Lord Jesus Christ and of his blessed cross. The cross of Christ is a place of rest and refreshment for the weary soul. As we poor pilgrims wander through the desert of this life, we are refreshed by the shade given by this glorious tree. This tree, this cross protects us not with leafy boughs, but by absorbing all of God's wrath into itself. The cross is beautiful. Our church buildings and our homes are adorned with the sign of the cross. Now, unlike the palm, the cross is not physically beautiful. Christ's beaten and dead body hangs suspended upon the cross. The rough, dead wood has no beauty that we should desire it. Nevertheless, the spiritual beauty of this tree surpasses all earthly beauty. Each each blood-soaked crack of this cross proclaims that it truly is finished.
The dead body of Christ reveals to us how much our Lord loved his Father and how much he loved us. The cross is the power of salvation, the once-for-all sacrifice which cleanses us from dead works. The cross is also incredibly useful. The believer enjoys spiritual pleasures that are much, much better and sweeter than any other earthly pleasure. We have peace with God. The fear of death is taken away. We are promised a place in heaven where God will be with us always and will wipe away every tear from our eyes. But the cross is also useful for this world too because the cross does not deny a person the pleasures of this world. But the cross does lead us to enjoy these pleasures in moderation and in the right way. The cross actually sweetens our temporal delights and our temporal pleasures by reminding us that all of these come from the hand of God's fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. Therefore, we do not have to fear losing what we have, nor do we have to be unsettled by greed. Both of these emotions cause sorrow and they cause pain. In the shadow of the cross, we are finally free. We are finally free to enjoy all of the gifts of this life without these fleshy burdens and cares. The cross of Christ is not just long-lived like the palm tree is, but the cross of Christ is eternal. Now, like the palm tree, the cross took a long time to mature. A seed was planted when Christ was born. Christ watered this tree with his tears and with his silent submission to the law's demands. This tree began to bud when Christ was baptized in the Jordan. And the heat of persecution and opposition caused this tree to mature. And finally, a piercing spear brought forth the long-awaited fruit. Forgiveness, life, and salvation. The tree of the cross is not like the palm tree. It will not last for 200 years. It won't last for 2,000 years. It won't last for 200,000 years. Christ's tree shall endure forever and ever. The fruit of this tree was eaten in faith by Adam and Eve, by Noah and Abraham, by Moses and Samuel, by David and by Isaiah. They looked forward to the day of the cross, and they were glad. Your ancestors ate the spiritual fruit of this tree, the cross, and you eat this fruit now. And your children, your grandchildren, and even a generation yet unborn will be eating the fruit of this cross, forgiveness, life, and salvation, long after your body lies in the grave and your soul rests in the arms of Jesus. There is one final thing here. The Israelites carried palm branches as a sign of victory when Jesus entered Jerusalem. It's interesting because this is the only leaf that is mentioned by name in the new heavens and in the new earth. The saints 
who are in heaven and in the new Jerusalem after Christ comes again in all of his glory shall be holding palms in their hands. Why? Because they are more than victors through him who saved them. And so today, we take up palms in our hands, and we rejoice because we see a real victory. This is not a military victory, but this victory is the sacrifice who rode on to redeem his people despite the terrible cost. But all this has been said before, and it was said much better and much more concisely 1,700 years ago by a man named Fortunatus. And so I will leave you with his words. O tree of beauty, tree most fair, ordain those holy limbs to bear. Gone is thy shame, each crimson vow proclaims the king of glory now. Amen.